0: Initiate
2: Orphans Trailer
0: Welcome to The Orphans It's Baz Gilroy Baz Gilroy Gilroy Baz Gilroy
2: Hello I am geometrically fabricated and functional reasoning unit But you can call me Jeffrey, do you know what they're going to do to me?
0: That's what I am to them out there. Just a spill on the floor that needs wiping up, aren't I? I will
2: not stay here and witness your stupidity. You do nothing but pretend. You don't care about me. Get up.
0: He's going to find us if we don't move. The Orphans. The Orphans. The Orphans. The Orphans. Facility. Out now.
2: The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse all nerdy show programming is brought to you by the generous support of listeners like you to learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming visit nerdyshow.com hell of a game session last week yeah yeah that was a good time. I, we got some feelings on it I want to go into, which I think will make for good um, discussion. But uh, we fell into – I fell into a trap as a DM where I'm allowing social roles where the stakes are high between players. And that's generally a quagmire for people unless everybody's agreed that it, it's, it's appropriate. Even more egregious, I allowed the wrong role. Because Liam used intimidate. He wanted to, yeah. Liam wanted to use intimidate to convince Kelton that he would do something. And mm-hmm. that is not appropriate. All right. Intimidate is used to threaten harm, like immediate or in the future with the power that you have. And it has to be something that that character cares about. And Kelton, while he wants to be awesome, has never given any indication he cares about his legacy. True. Not at all. Number one sin, that's my fault there. We got other faults to go over here. <laughs> I'm not the only one at fault here. And what happened is Liam spent 10 momentum to intimidate Kelton instead of shame him, you know, or any, yeah. any kind of other thing into retreating when Kelton definitely did not want to. So now we got a problem. We got a problem where Max is unsatisfied with how it played out. And Liam is down 10 momentum when it shouldn't have been allowed to begin with. But let's talk about the other problems. <laughs> Namely, where you two are at fault. All right. Cool. <laughs> so so one is that, we'll start with Max, diving gung-ho at this creature, I don't feel that up until this point of the game, you gave adequate justification to the rest of the party that this was a risk.
3: The way I had to play it played out in my head, Kelton is dumb, Yep. and he does not deserve a glorious death, nor would he know what that looks like. Right. So he sees a creature that's more than twice the size of him. He would not retreat because he is basically a fighter wrapped in a scholar's robe. He has had all his school paid for, all his teachers (laughs) paid off, (laughs) all of that. His uncle paid for him to do all that to keep him out of the tribe because he's so dumb and dangerous that being around the tribe would have killed the tribe. So... That was his motivation. And my motivation for that was our game seems to be built more on the role play of being your character. Mm -hmm. And for me, that moment of Kelton dying so stupidly was the ultimate iteration of what Kelton would be. He's not going to go out saving a village from a dragon. He's going to go out in something that is so meaningless and just perfect for Kelton. Right. And that was my thing. I think I gave a lot of indications of him being stupidly dangerous, like when he was going to jump off the cliff. Because it was only 45 feet instead of 50. Right. That kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Which he could have survived that, but he also didn't intend to die. No, but I... In the cliff scenario.
3: In the cliff scenario, he is one of those guys who, like, people are always, like, looking over a cliff like, ah, oh, I could make that. Mm-hmm. So the same thing. There was not a single doubt in his mind that he was going to defeat that creature until everybody else started running away. So in Kelton's mind, we were going to beat that creature and then turn around and beat anything else.
2: Understood. Yes. I think your idea behind it makes sense. I think that the other players built characters that relied on each other a little more than Kelton was willing to fulfill.
3: Yes. <laughs> and maybe. and I
2: don't think that
3: matters. I think <laughs> sovereignty of character. Okay. You know, especially in a game where we're handing out momentum for being your character. Mm-hmm. The sovereignty of that character living a character moment should be more than operating as a Gundam
2: machine or something, right? right? Well, let's a Voltron, let's, if you will. and th- this isn't what you did, but if someone makes a character that there is a house full of evil guys and they want to go out and kill them, but everybody else is like, "Wait, we've agreed on like stealth because we gotta we gotta do this," mm-hmm. and if we go in now, we're, we're made. Yeah. the plots over and that person's like well it's my character they would just run in like how many is, billions of paladins have
3: done that that's
2: what i'm asking
3: and he is the opposite of a paladin he's just the no, what, what i'm yeah. saying it is still what makes
1: I'm, for a bad game it makes
3: for a bad game but <laughs> that's that's we had just talked you know behind the curtain the previous night about how a dm or gm should not constrain a character based on what they already have planned and then all of the justifications for me not doing what I was going to do is because of what everyone else already had planned. It's
2: interesting. I, I don't I, think I, that's what we meant. No,
3: Because we were talking about a Session Zero, like don't constrain. The GM, if a character comes in with something else, the GM shouldn't say, no, I already
1: have this plan. Do what no, you want. No, but they say, no, but. Yeah, but yeah. they, allow, they a, allow for, they, they, yeah. you don't allow game breaking or. So with that conversation in my head
3: and this just being a silly character, mm. I thought living out the role play of what the character would do. Sure. For me, it was more important than living another day to fight the final battle, which in a regular game, we wouldn't know that the next session was a final battle anyway. Yeah. We're in a special circumstance. Uh, like, your, your character's uh, you have been you could given, suss it out.
2: given some serious
3: In this game, in hints. this scenario. Yeah. yeah, serious <laughs> But in most games, you maybe wouldn't have that. Sure. And have you say, no, you can't do that because I need you for next week. Is kind, was kind of But
1: we do have weird. to peer beyond the veil. Absolutely. You, you know... I know behind the veil. You know that mm-hmm. there was no numbers being tracked on this thing. But, f- exactly. That we were heading to a final yeah. battle. And that you have retreated before. For this, not against a creature that's more than twice
3: his size. Okay. All right. And I, I declare that in there. Sure. That he would not run from a creature that big.
2: So, so you bring up something I actually do want to address. Yes. After the game, you were talking about removing player agency mm-hmm. as though that were something the gm did and i just edited the episode oh it's all yeah. me it is not me yeah i, I, I did wasn't absolutely everything that was intended exactly and i would have stayed there i'd still be rolling right now if kelton was anyway <laughs> no, you, wouldn't.
3: you wouldn't have lasted one more turn <laughs> which would have been fine with me <laughs> i would have to have kelton be eaten by a creature that has no regard for it there's this isn't a final struggle this isn't mm-hmm gandalf versus a balrog this is a creature that eats him and keeps going on to its next thing this is not and that for me was so perfect for kelton to die against something that doesn't even care
2: that he existed
1: perfect enough yes to ruin an entire so what,
2: what would have ruined hold on i know you're in defensive mode and i know that that's um well, I think my I, opinion not no, really no no no, no. I, I what i mean is like i know i know you're in the mode to defend your position yes but i think if we drop that for a second you understand mm-hmm. what people's complaints are not really no like, I, I, think you, I think you honestly do. It's okay, like, then, their worry is that the – so I, I'll lay yeah. it out. Their worry is that they know the final battle is coming, mm-hmm. so do their characters. Yeah. They're not sure they can do this without you. So their worry is what the hell is going on? Like why are you choosing this moment? You're kind of ruining our chances at completing this. Like you're making a decision that you didn't – outside of this one session, you didn't establish a lot of framework for him hating things that are larger than him okay right so so, yeah so that that's thought i set
3: up enough of him being that guy that would fight anything anytime no questions asked so i understand that the next iteration is coming up but in my thinking that our game is so more towards the role play and that at a normal session we wouldn't know that the be all end all is coming up or that we would have a final session Mm
1: -hmm. and maybe that's part of not having a daily but As soon as you have a daily, your thought is always, what am I spending? What are my resources? What are my...
3: You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm saying in a normal session, we wouldn't know that the next session is Ragnarok. How do we run a character? Are they constrained by what's going to happen next Is a party? Because I
2: think we... I I, I, I think so. But also, I I
1: really honestly think you weren't going for a character moment. You were going for a meta narrative joke. This was... Something I had hoped for for
3: quite yeah, some time. I,
2: I, I understand. Yeah. I actually understand what you're what you're what you're yeah. meaning here, Max. I I think that I'm for saying. everyone else's sake, you chose the wrong moment by one session,
3: which was. <laughs> That's, that's what I wanted,
2: right? Okay, that's what I was hoping for. So,
3: and and here's and here's I uh, want. What I'm saying that's where that's a meta joke and not an actual moment. I've had right. my fingers crossed, like I said, probably three months that Kelton would die. The episode before anything actually good happened.
2: And, and here's a and here's a practical concern because we are. Pl- I mean, at, at the root of the thing, yeah. Take role playing, take characterization out of it. We yeah. are playing a game. You know, we are like, playing w- a game. with our friends,
3: and you guys not only have more, way more experience in role playing than I do. You also have a very different style of min-max, numbers, everyone come together and do a thing. And this is my first game of everyone coming together as a party and doing something. Right. All of my... Well, except for Liam's game. Like, my other experiences are... These are just people who happen to be hanging out. Yeah. Like, that is... Live your character because nobody else is going to help you or do anything. Right. So, you guys have a very different experience of how to play the game than i do which i'm just learning now no this is how to work as a team
2: this isn't to shame you because like oh, no. i said no. start, starting starting off, i i want to talk about this because this yeah. everybody has problems like these like yeah. <laughs> like there's yeah. no gaming group that doesn't run mm-hmm. into this problem the difference is we're, we're building the game and this isn't going to end our friendship yeah you know, like the no. difference is we don't get into screaming fits over this
3: that speak for yourself. Yeah. So I just felt that having it magically erased was weird, but I don't really. It's not that big a deal, honestly. True. We're friends. I'm not gonna. Well, stop and also like friend.
2: this. Cha- I mean, you know, this chapter ends next I, session. That's what
3: I meant. I, like, I seriously like. Kel- I mean, honestly. Yeah. If
2: it, well, here's here's my biggest concern, mm-hmm. and we're talking like any
3: yeah.
2: anybody who's GMing. Mm -hmm. is is actually focused on a bigger picture than anybody else at the table exactly always always the case so i hear max's character dies and dies when he doesn't need to i have no way to bring him back like i got i I mean like i've i kind of set my i roll myself Mm -hmm. into a hole here yeah if max dies in this episode well like if a couple of you died right before that moment I could you could have been a member of the Way Forward. You could mm-hmm. you know you could have been a member of Clan Nargobar, But yeah. no, I mean, they're gone now. Like, see, that's also
3: my my being and my personality is what is the most inconvenient thing for someone else at any given time. <laughs> and you can ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like that is just you guys know that is the way. So sure, sure. I've, you guys know I spent probably a full-time work week thinking and writing about Kelton in oh, yeah. since we've been playing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did that full biography of him and everything, and I really— I want to get into that stuff, if we too. could If he could have died when it was complete—not only that it was meaningless to everyone else, that it was meaningless to the creature that he was fighting, that he is giving his last stand everything he has to fight a creature that barely knows he's there. For me, that was the amazing storytelling point.
2: That's. I think you've made. Yeah. I think you've made an adequate case. I. Th- yeah. I don't think anybody's uh, concern after so, you've made your case has anything to do with role playing.
3: Yeah. For me, it was role playing. Yeah. You know, I understood everything everyone else was saying, but that was Kelton
2: staring mm-hmm. me in the face, being like, "This. All right, well, I'm going to die here." <laughs> let's talk about the real interloper in player agency, mm-hmm. Liam. Me. Yeah. <laughs> let's. I. We all know why you didn't want Kelton to die.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We love the character. Like, sure. Yeah. No, We do. Yeah. I know. And also, he has been extremely useful in keeping you guys from dying before. Oh, yeah. Can you give us like a narrative of what was going on and how you felt about it?
1: I knew the exact moment when I got really angry. One, the Dairon moment was perfect. <laughs> that was perfectly in character. But it does feel like it's out from left field because second episode, we ran away. Yeah. He's always, and he's also been an incredibly defensive character. I mean, he's built defensively. That is part of his mm-hmm. character.
2: Until he took step 1 champion.
1: And even now he's still he's so pretty, like he's the tank.
2: Yeah. it's it's interesting though the, mm-hmm. how we built this game where he's core command, command and uh Galena's core citadel. Citadel and she ain't the tank. So, yeah, he's a
3: damage I'm, dealer but...
2: I'm I'm gla- yeah. I, so so before we get further mm-hmm. into it, I'm just I'm I'm happy that nobody thinks of their character as the core the steps they chose no it's what role you fulfill yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
1: i
3: know the exact moment liam started to get mad and knew what i was doing it was exactly when you said i'm not even
1: keeping track of these
3: numbers yeah Yeah. and when i said hey hold this bag of money
2: (laughs) and liam's like no no (laughs) i'll be excited for you guys to listen to the episode
1: no because you have to do that you also have to give up your attack so it doesn't even for a strategist that's insane like here's the time for this moment
2: And so Liam decided to overrule Max and threatened his physical safety.
1: Which I thought
3: was was perfectly in keeping with an RPG. Very funny. Yeah.
2: So in my experience, when a GM makes a mistake like this, Mm -hmm. they either double down or they choose to ignore it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do neither. We're going to try this. I think a mistake was made... We're all culpable. <laughs> We've all done things. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the mechanics of how we can kind of mitigate things like this, what resolution would satisfy everybody, myself included? Liam's down ten momentum.
1: I yeah, I don't care about the. Momentum. I, I know, I know
2: you yeah. don't care, but I don't it wasn't even a cost. Care about him
1: saving him. Like I'm the the infraction isn't about role play or any single character. It's choosing that moment over an entire other play session, is incredibly disrespectful to everyone who sits around the table because we have to sit down at the table next week. And Mm -hmm. you could just be like, well, I'm not going to be there. Fuck off. Oh, I would be here.
2: (laughs) Just in the back. Just off mic. Yep.
1: Just watching. (laughs) Yeah. If it was really
3: that big a deal, I could have... I still have momentum. I could have rolled against that.
2: Yeah, and and that was the moment where Liam. When you mentioned that, yeah. that was the moment where Liam threatened your uh, threatened to punch you.
3: Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Liam's punched me before. It's not that big deal,
2: right? So let's let's talk about. I kind of want to refund Liam's momentum, and we can come up with like a retcon. Which here, here's the thing: if we think of this like a audio drama, which mm. it is kind of pitched as, yeah, In those then, moments then retconning is not okay but in a role-playing game that you're playing with people week to week i think those kind of things are part of it yeah, yeah. where you're like uh, oh, you know what i didn't like how this played out can we say that it was this because like the next story will be more interesting if we do that and you guys want to do that right
1: but also we can do we've done rules changes and yeah and mm-hmm. we've seen things not work and then we didn't ignore them but we we're like oh we need to put a band on that now yeah and
3: we've had whole steps switch and shit oh, completely and yeah I don't think anyone really, ca- it's weird because we're running a podcast and also running this as a weekly game, you know, yeah.
2: like if we were playing a prepared module, it'd be a different story. Yeah. Or uh, if
3: we, if it was Liam and I playing and we got into an argument over this by now, neither one of us would have cared what, you know. Right. But it's, you it's know? our baby. Yeah, like, Yeah. So, so like we, I guess we do have to, I am happy for Liam to have his 10 back mm-hmm. and Kelton to still be alive. That's fine.
2: Okay. And here's the thing that GMs do that I'm not going to go into the details, but are you interested in it as the player? Not, is Kelton interested? The GM throwing you a bone for the kind of thing that you want as an exit for Kelton.
3: Like we talk about it off mic. Perfectly fine with Liam doing what he did and then Kelton just kind of slinking away, kicking a rock and
1: fine. If we, if we okay. survive the next one, I'll burn you later. It'll be fine. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, you promised you'd eat me when I die. Yeah. But I wasn't going to be able to if he devoured There's you. one thing. Mm-hmm. I want that sack of a thousand akeys to be sitting exactly where I threw it over my shoulder because nobody else would take it. And Poole had the that, opportunity to grab it, didn't? That's no. That's he feared for his life. That's yeah, not. Yeah. That's not
2: something on the table for changing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like that's so off. What we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. That creature was moving towards the other party, right? Yeah, it was going to break through that wall. So, assuming everyone survives whatever happens next, we can always go back and that room will be empty, right? Well, okay. You don't have to tell us. There's a if it's, if it's a thing. I have, I have yeah. things
2: planned that okay. may, uh, I don't know, because yeah. you, you could do something Because I was different.
3: thinking about it. I was like, that guy was leaving, and that sack of money is probably still sitting there. <laughs> well, well,
2: here's the thing. So you should know, and I think you would think this, mm-hmm. when you guys, r- you booked it yeah. away because the last living creatures in that room were you because they already went in the stairwell mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. went up. So you wouldn't have started running for your lives if you didn't think uh, there was some danger behind you. Compromise is nobody gets the Ackies. Yeah. And Liam gets his 10 momentum. That's fine Fine. with me. All right, cool. Then I'm happy. Does that work? I have a desperate feeling that I'm going to need it. But here's the thing. So normally, when when we're not recording on air or something Mm -hmm. like that, like if we were just playing a game for shits and giggles, you guys would be messaging me about like, could we have a moment where XYZ happens for my character? I think that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, yeah, you know, or or no, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it could be like this. I fully admit that I was Kelton at the table and not max right you know
3: <laughs> right i have a problem with just fully embodying and thinking way too much about my characters and their backstories Ow. yes i understand that i was also in the wrong
1: that's i mean i'm, I'm not i don't think i don't think you were in the wrong i, I, said, I said like as a friend maybe but kelton no. like <laughs> i was also thinking about our you party composition position where i was like, like god damn it
3: basically liam your character, like esmond is kind of kelton's friend but, like, we just picked up a fish and a bird uh-huh. relatively recently. Mm-hmm. We've been working together for a week,
1: week and a half, tops. I, I don't know. Some of those were just a couple of days.
3: Yeah. yeah that's true. What
2: like,
1: what loyalties would... They've only been around for, what, two days? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: They have the Brotherhood Forged in Battle. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's been a... You guys took down the Howards. That's what I'm talking about. We're, if it was like, a week, it's
2: been the heaviest week. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. If you're planning a final session... We should probably talk about this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, me as GM, I, I know what I care about yeah. that has to go down. But there's a lot of opportunities for people who are playing characters to get in something that they think is important, right? Mm-hmm. And that includes an exit. So mm-hmm. take the role-playing aspect out of this. Yeah. And um, are you interested in just trying another character in this group? Is that part of your motivation, too?
3: Yeah, there's so many awesome character combinations mm-hmm. that I'd be down to try something new. It wasn't the fully motivating, you know. Right. I thought it would be funny to get a new character into the group. I think I've done everything I can as Kelton.
2: There's not much. He's kind of a one-note character. Yeah, I mean, not much else to give. I, I mean, perfect Oh, for yeah. exactly the kind of ad hoc gaming session we've created. Mm-hmm.
1: You're the ACDC of characters.
3: Oh, thank but,
2: you. But you'll want something... Yeah. A little, something Which, that you can really get into.
3: Yeah, I'll have, you know, with our next session, I'll have an opportunity to kind of do what I want, and then when I'm running my game, creating, I'll have a lot of creating characters.
2: Okay, promise me this. Mm-hmm. Loop me in. Yeah. Okay, just whatever you think is appropriate, loop me in before next week happens. So that way, we can at least create a moment where you can choose, all right? <laughs>
3: like, Kelton has a heart attack right before the battle or something If that's (laughs) what you want? If that's what you want, you can can I roll for heart attack? Yes, you can roll for heart attack. With the D C on Kelton will go into battle. He's not gonna withhold his turn or anything like that.
2: That was a dig at uh, Savannah.
3: She's hilarious and does so much damage, and we give her so much
2: shit. (laughs) I know, I love her. All right, I feel like we beat beat that horse to death. Yeah, we feel good about this. Okay, cool. So, GMs, if you're having problems with your uh, party and you don't know how to get people to like just chill out and like each other, beat them. Or talk to them. You just talk to him. No, just beat him. Just hit you just him. Talk, once. So, so you've you just heard a thing that we would do in every other situation as friends. Yeah. Just also do it about tabletop role playing game.
1: Yeah. Unless I stole his wife. It's true.
2: true. Right. Please. So let's talk about opposed roles against players. All right. By players against players. Okay. So again, I said like I allowed intimidate was not appropriate. No. For what Esmond wanted to get across to Kelton, should you be allowed? to spend momentum on roles like that yes yeah because you can overwhelmingly make a decision for another player yeah so the justification for Mm -hmm. removing kelton's character choice was that kelton had deceived the party multiple times but the stakes were nothing there was nothing at stake for him just passing off a small lie it, that he's an archaeologist because the adventure would have been the same like, yeah. there's, there's no difference and like in the previous episode fooling obed into him grabbing a a little star-shaped thing maybe instead of putting a cap on the amount of momentum or disallowing it between all party members maybe that we should make a rule about the gm only allowing it when there's nothing at stake like if you want to steal from another party member and you want to stealth fine Let's, that's that's even not like, like a, a character the, thing. Like that's, the wind
3: dagger incident. Yeah,
2: yeah, the, that was fine. Yeah, she's, she's gonna try to steal the wind dagger, fails horribly. Of everyone, yeah. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you regulate that.
3: Maybe majority vote. If everyone puts in momentum. Mm-hmm.
2: Now I've read a lot about this. This has been mm-hmm. a problem in everybody's campaigns. Yeah. Uh-huh. Somebody uh, played a scion, I believe it was, and stole everything from somebody and then wiped their mind within the party. Uh huh. And I feel like that it should say in the mechanics that just don't do that, right? Like <laughs> that is that is something you can't use against allies. But that's the probably the most egregious thing because that guy's like, I quit the group because everybody's like, no, that's what happens. You lose all your shit. And he can do that as many times as he yeah. wants.
1: Well, I think that's that's part of the conversation where people forget that, like, saying that that's how the story goes when you're writing the story doesn't absolve the actual person of the act. But honestly, right. <laughs> but the, the mechanics played out, and he's
2: like, "Well, that, that's what my character would do." And it's yeah. true that you build a character to do that, but don't build a character to do that. Yeah. yeah. Is it's, that
3: not also a good thing for that guy to remove himself from that terrible shit storm of a party? Yeah.
2: A hundred percent. But because
3: anyone else who would agree to that, who had nothing involved mm-hmm. with it. No, I don't want to play with them.
2: So maybe we just put a disclaimer in there. Be like, "Hey, Isn't GMs, that, <laughs> like
3: don't we have already a section in the front, don't be a dick?"
2: No, we don't. Not yet. Okay. That um, should be rules
1: yeah. number 1 and 2.
2: Yeah, but I feel I, I feel like you should say, "Um, be careful about these. If, if the stakes are low, allow it. But if it's going to cause a problem, mm-hmm. just be like, we're not doing that on this roll." Everyone here is giving up 5 hours of their time, let alone travel and everything else, you know. Dude, fi- 5 is us. Yeah. Some gaming groups go for mm-hmm. 10, 12 hours. 12 hours, yeah. which I can't do anymore. Yeah, and they're not that good of friends. I don't know how they do that. Like It's, it's upsetting to even hear about. Well, then mm-hmm. we'll just skip. How just could skip you that. be
1: funny for 12 hours straight? I don't understand.
2: They're not concerned about being funny.
1: Uh, hey, why do they?
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Play. All right, so now just a mechanical thing. This is kind of a big concept that I want to dig into, and I don't know the right answer for, but I want to pitch a solution that I don't like that is the best solution I've seen, but I don't like it. I'm playing Starfinder right now, and the way they deal with damage scaling is that spells tell you how much additional dice of damage they get as you level up in the class appropriate Mm -hmm. with the spell right weapons you buy better and better weapons the problem with the way the dice scale in starfinder is that there is a weapon it is a whip and it does 15 die four picture that for a moment uh listeners you are throwing out these spiky little things like you're trying to stop a group of invading ninjas and if you're attacking twice that's on your turn
1: physically impractical like in a
2: in the physical realm of the game that's insane you are using a dice roller for that that's up to 30 dice it's nonsense like okay so 15 d4 but here's what's elegant about it dungeons and dragons 3.5 and pathfinder deal with scaling by giving you additional attacks yeah spells still the same they increase in damage as you level And you get more powerful spells, and you just stop casting the less damaging ones.
1: Or you start casting them for free if you get meta magic feats.
2: And there are abilities like power attack, which are written to scale with your level. Uh You know, it starts off as a negative one to your attack, but it gives you a plus two bonus, and a level four negative increases by one, and the bonus increases by an additional two, and it just keeps going up as you level. I've found a solution that is more elegant, but also kind of a pain in the ass to deal with damage scaling. All right. Let's talk about it Yeah, I created I thought myself How many dice What's the maximum number of dice I want to roll when doing okay. damage On the regular Not for like casting fireball And I get 20d6 You know I can do that once a day That's yeah. fun I'm saying on the regular What is the maximum amount of dice I want to have in my hand And try to roll And my answer was seven Fair Tops Yeah I was okay. going to say ten But What is the maximum number Of the same kind of die That you're willing to roll I'm saying four If I have to roll four D8s, Uh like asking people for additional D8s. That's crazy. I
1: was going to say like D6s though. You can do 10 D6s
2: and be like, whatever. You get literally a dime a dozen for D6s. But our game is not built purely on D6s. No. So I'm saying it is more than four of the same kind of die is unreasonable if you're really, if you're going after all the same polyhedrals. You could go up a die size instead. Right. So what I did is I created a list of dies, took all their average damage, and then I made it so that we could find out the average damage of every die combination of the polyhedrals of a die 4, die 6, die 8, die 10, die 12, and die 20, Uh where you never roll more than four of any one kind of die, and you never roll more than two kinds of die. Okay. So the maximum damage ability is four D twenty plus three D twelve. That would be the maximum damage you could do, and the maximum number of dice it's seven what's dice. That, what's that damage at ranges? Yeah, I want to know the range. Seven minimum. Uh huh. Hundred sixteen maximum. I don't. I don't like that part of it. For an average of sixty one point five. So that's fine that you don't because that is dice combination number one hundred eleven.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm also saying I think part of part of the solution to this is if we're looking for scaling minimum damage, like that's the reason why they're using a bunch of die is minimum damage
2: goes up as well. So, D and D fourth edition did it by saying that. Your at-will abilities, once you get to level like 11, they change from one weapon damage to two weapon damage. Mm-hmm. And then at level 15, I don't remember the exact number. It's three weapon damage. Yeah. Things like that. They would tell you the level that they would increase, but here's the problem. If you're using a die four for your at-will, yep. um, the gap between the die four Gets and the die and 12 yeah, exponentially wider. And it's less viable at high level to keep using that die four. With enemies, this is a non-issue. As you gain health, you can just keep the dice being a D12 plus whatever number you want Mm -hmm. to keep the scaling in line. But for characters, we got a couple options. For melee, you could buy new weapons Mm -hmm. that are just better versions of the same weapon. They do more damage. Or as you increase in level or you take steps down paths, Mm -hmm. we could have your base damage be increasing the whole time. I like that better
3: because it doesn't make sense. A master swordsman and a dude who picks up a sword, they're using the same sword, but they can do amazingly different things with it.
2: Right. So here's the issue. It makes sense, right? Yeah. And if we were making a video game or had a a digital character sheet, Mm -hmm. this would be trivial to implement, Mm -hmm. whereas they take steps, the base damage of all their abilities just increases mm-hmm. in die size. They'd be trivial to, to take care of, but it's a lot of bookkeeping every time you take a step down a path. Yeah. Unless we limit it to the number of steps that it takes to do it the way we do attributes. So I put together all these combinations of dice, and there's a lot of overlap between them before you progress down an extra one. So for instance, at average damage of nine, there are three dice combination. There's a die 10 plus a die 6, or a die 12 plus a die 4, or 2d8. Mm -hmm. So we all know which one we're picking there. 2d8. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Way more fun to roll than either of those combinations. So I set up some rules, and I said, what if I eliminate all of the duplicate average damages? Mm -hmm. If I eliminate all those by prioritizing things that make you roll the least amount of dice Mm -hmm. for the same result and avoid rolling a d4 whenever possible. Absolutely. I'm already into that, but knowing
1: average damage... Because of criticals, because some things get double critical range.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about piercing weapons? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, like rolling with, with a wand, with a dagger, with a spear, having something that has a higher top range, but the same average damage looks better. So, like that becomes immediately more appealing to you.
2: I disagree because the plus two chance to hit from cutting uh-huh. is phenomenal. So the more average damage your weapon does, the more that plus two adds to it. With that cutting, but if you're already using a piercing weapon. Let's worry about the theory crafting of it. Okay. Afterwards, because I still haven't finished with the uh, damage per round argument because I ran into this. Because we can modify that on the fly. So right now, dice progression, I'm just going to give you like the first combos. So I eliminated all the ones that were less fun to roll than these. And when you look at the progression in average damage between them, which is the thing I care about the most at this stage from d4 to d6 to d8 it is a step of one average damage each Mm -hmm. then it's half a point of damage for one two three four five six seven tiers above that Mm -hmm. then one once it gets to 2d8 and then four more at a half and then one and then four more at a half and then one and then like 12 more at a half this is a very gradual smooth progression system and getting that extra one versus an extra half, if I feel like that does a good job of smoothing everything out. So
1: we're just talking about having weapon damage scale with your steps? Yes. Here's, with die?
2: Yes. Because Couldn't did,
1: you just add a plus one and then you don't have to roll a different die
2: every time you take a step? You could. Like I said, I don't know that I want to do this. However, the benefit is if you get to step 12 mm-hmm. in fire, yeah. let's say, and you want to go step one champion the at wills and the scene you get from step one champion Mm -hmm. are garbage compared to what you're doing what if they weren't okay what if they increased in power as you did now i don't know that this is the answer like i said i've narrowed it down to a total of 77 (laughs) combinations from 112
1: oh that's a good first strike then to get rid please tell me you got rid of that three die four whatever
2: three you mean 15 die four no, 3-die-4. 3-die-4 is still on there. Get rid of it. <laughs> Get rid of that shit. It is the last multiple of d4s. I still kids. I think 3 dump it. is as many as I would roll and be okay with. Above that... Th- okay, it's an important step. That's d4s why I want to are for daggers and daggers alone. So let's say I go step 12 decay, mm-hmm. and I have a 2d6 warhammer, and I want to take step one champion. Mm-hmm. 2d6 blows when you're 12 steps in because you've got dailies and scenes that did not scale with you
1: right well let's look at the scaling for the first three steps
2: okay well i'm I'm, this is this is my pie in the sky yeah pitch real quick and then we can narrow it down
1: because i was even 12 i thought i thought we were gonna like hard cap it at 10 for a bit
2: yeah well i mean we can just hard cap it at what we haven't done yet right so we haven't even done step four yet so let's say you start off at 2d6 if you start off step one decay you take 11 steps to get to step 12 Mm -hmm. okay so one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven So that means that this actually isn't as egregious as I was afraid of. You pick up a 2d6 weapon at character creation, and the weapon scaling, when you take 11 steps, it now does 3d8. All right. That's actually not that bad.
3: I like that a lot.
2: I
1: think we can also do it every other level. Yeah, that's possible too. Because I think the four health per gain of any step for mages, that starts to become... Your relative amount of health to the amount of damage you can do... Mm -hmm. would start to get crazy
2: (laughs) well remember enemies don't have to follow this i can hit my friends yes that's what i'm saying that's one of the arguments for it i think actually is because every step somebody takes increases their health by minimum four Mm -hmm. every step in this progression maximum one average
1: maximum one but in a specific battle round could turn out to be more sure well okay step one and 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 here's the thing for melee classes Probably won't come up, but it does make depending on the situation, especially if there's someone with low health getting in in the way, well, that okay. can be
2: very terrifying. Let's talk about fire blast. Step twelve, fire. How much damage is fire blast doing? A D10 plus a D8. Not that scary, really. I think because it's broken down by half points, mm-hmm. it's actually a little more manageable, and it goes like I said, it goes all the way up to four D twenty plus three D twelve. Just in what I was able to put together, yeah. given, given the arbitrary rules I set. But if I do, I've taken 24 steps, right? I've maxed out two paths. I would expect I'm better at both of them than somebody who's only done one. If I have yeah. maxed them out, right? So what is that? Let's say... Do we have
1: total crossover also for ranged and melee classes? Explain. Should you give something up for your diversity in your damage? I don't think I went, so. I went one step scoundrel. I have ambush tactics. Now I'm just going to go something else. But my ambush tactics is totally going to keep up with me this whole time.
2: That's core. But I think yeah. I, I think it will. I think it has to. Sneak attack. I'm, yeah. sn- I'm core scoundrel step one marksman. Uh-huh. All right. That's a good combo. So now I'm going step 12 marksman. Yes. Okay. So let's go to 2d6 here. That's sneak attack. Uh-huh. We're not talking about weapon damage. Sneak attack. Step 12 marksman. Uh-huh is 3d8 uh-huh. i think that's fine
1: my old thing is then there is a draw to citadel if you can make a ridiculous i can do it every turn shot mm-hmm. then why not just pump on that health
2: I, I guess i don't understand
1: you built a character pretty early on in steps and you hit a situation which every turn you get to do something pretty great. You're giving mm. up some dailies. Oh, you're giving I, up some encounters. I, I see you're going to start
2: dump, like You're saying, I got a character idea. Yeah. I'm core scoundrel, step one marksman. Yeah. And then I just want to use the two moves I've got and just keep going core citadel yeah. to get the six but health every. It'd
1: probably be more complex than that. But you could even maybe but, like. But that's, that's what you're like. Oh, I, I picked up shadow of death. I got this. I got enough stuff in my toolbox to kind of go, okay, I guess citadel because like mm-hmm. I want that extra health. I I I just don't know about the crossing the streams of ranged and melee characters. But should Although we, for certain builds that would be rec- like necessary.
3: You'd have to,
2: yeah. Should we legislate against something someone might do? I don't like know. Later on down the line, I, I feel like this sounds really scary, and then when you look at the actual dice, it smooths it out. Yeah. Let's try to think of something that sounds broken, right? So Nesbit using a dagger.
1: I think Galen is the one that would be more impressive. Well, I, I mean, and what, with with
2: yeah with sneak attack on a crit yeah that that whole thing we're thinking right so like double striking every round with a dagger sneak attack bypassing armor step 12 each dagger attack is doing 2d6 plus a die 4 that's step 12 yeah that's yeah that's whatever that's fine sneak attack is dealing 3d8 yeah it's really not that no crazy i mean it it the concept sounds like it goes up way faster than it actually does. I'm going to make a, uh, a case here. I think mechanically, I think it's a sound argument. I think you can justify this. Here's, yes. here's my biggest concern. Do we assign a tier to every damage type and say that this weapon or this ability is this tier and then you add the number of steps to that to determine how much damage it does in the time? Because you're changing the damage of the ability every time you take a step. Not just the ability, every single one of your abilities. Yeah. Now, like I said, if this was a digital character sheet, trivial. But it's not.
1: Things that are later stages down paths, mm-hmm. just assign them a base number of what they would have been if you would have taken however many steps down you need to go. Let's look at Rogue Star. Got to be at least three steps to get it, right? Uh, step two. Step two. It's, what, 3D10? Yes. So its core is two back from 3D10. That it's That's its core damage.
2: Yes. Yeah. So you would say... So you right would, now, it would be... It would be... Okay, so 3D10, if you had to guess... What tier that would be if you just list them out numerically? What would you guess? Four? It is tier twenty-four. Jesus. All right. So it it's like I said. Oh wait, there's t- a,
1: like each one is a tier?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: So it'd be two back f- from that,
2: or one? Well, it would be it'd be one back, right? So was it three D ten? It'd be a D twenty plus a D ten. Yeah. So you'd say Rogue Star, if you're looking at it, is tier twenty-three, mm-hmm. and you just keep adding to that, and issue. then you just add your whatever it is your
1: total amount of paths to the Mm -hmm. thing so you only have to keep number of the total amount of paths not the amount of paths you need after you the total
2: number of steps you've taken in across your entire character yes
1: so yeah we would just have to redefine every amount of damage
2: to the associated tier
1: back from how many you have to step in to begin with so you just and you say that's the number move up the amount of tiers Mm -hmm. based on your total amount of steps
2: and we keep weapons the same It would be weapon damage, but your weapon damage increases with tier. So you would say double weapon damage on this attack or triple weapon damage. Even saying this, it's, it's now... You can see the problem very clearly is that it's far more complicated than what we've got. Yeah. But it scales well.
1: Yeah. I think it sounds more complicated than it would be... As soon as you even understood it, the only part it would be complicating would be our leveling up phase, which we did in an encounter for two people in 10 seconds each?
2: Yes. From my perspective, it doesn't seem, I'm pitching it to the lowest common denominator here. I'm trying to think, how do you write this in a book? Yeah. It's hard. It's really difficult because me as a player, I understand the concept. I'm literally looking at a spreadsheet of the concept right now. And I see that I have an ability that does a D6. I'm like, oh, no problem. Does a D8 now. You know, and I look at my sheet and it says, oh, it does 2D10. Now it does a D12 plus a D10. No problem. Well, I feel like, that sounds simpler than it actually is to implement, but I, I don't have a solution for this, and I wanted to pitch it to you guys because I, I don't expect to come up with a solution for this. But yeah,
1: I actually enjoy this. I just would make one change. Sure, I'd get rid of that d twenty in that in that equation. Yeah, rolling rolling a damn Here's the thing about rolling in damage for d twenty, which is man, you can get some really big numbers on that, and that'd feel great. But when you roll that d twenty and you
2: get a one, that shit sucks. It's true, but mathematically we have mm-hmm. a problem if we remove it because we don't have a die 14 we don't have a die 16 we don't have a die 18 the d20 plus other dice smooths mm-hmm. out the progression so much that i don't think we can abandon it without running into issues real early so with, with damage scaling too fast <clears throat> yes way too fast
1: get rid of it and then increase it every other level every other step just half your steps
2: yeah i feel like that's too slow though
1: You'll be getting new abilities you'll be doing more damage a turn anyway part of this is also when you start moving down steps your later abilities are going to implicitly do more damage that's going to be part of the scaling
2: well yeah and that's that's honestly included in this idea but rolling 2d20 for damage sounds fun i i i don't i i like it oh how about this we don't have to do this for anybody's campaigns right now but i want to test this whether it's in max's campaign or chapter two Mm -hmm. i want to table this idea yeah, and just kind of think about it, and in, in how we deal with damage pro- progression. Because on the enemy side, it doesn't matter. We can set their hit points to whatever we think the party yeah. can do per round. That's not a that's not an issue. The problem is making your at wills matter, other yes. than just being the things that you do between your scene and your dailies. I pick up a scene in my core. Uh-huh. I get to step twelve. Do I never use it again? Yeah, you know. You
1: know no, no, I'm it, saying that's that's good, but I don't. I don't think it needs to be the only way that we see progressions from a character. Sure. We're like, what's a d8 moved up to immediately? Yeah. What's what's a two tiers at extra?
2: A d8 becomes a d10 in two tiers. Okay. So it goes to two d4 and then a d10. Yeah,
1: it still feels pretty. Much, I just I don't want to roll a d20 for damage.
2: Ugh. The first I, level. I like,
1: like d20 being resolved for. This is
2: doing a thing. Like I said, I removed the ones i, I that mm-hmm. seemed the least satisfying. The first time you roll a d20 is in tier 23 and it's a d20 plus a d10 that's actually not bad that's not bad then after that it's 3d10 yeah it's a d20 to 3d10 you talking about the final one no the the, it's a d20
1: plus a d10 to 3d10 Yeah. yeah Yeah, alright, so I know we're going on average damage, but also max and burst. I feel like we need to have that, like max and burst damage, we're going to need to have that conversation about.
2: They're not that crazy. So, for instance, uh, a d20 plus a d10 versus 3d10, top end is identical. Yeah. The minimum between a d20 and a d10 is 2 versus 3. Yeah. That's it. It seems like a crazier difference, but it's not. It just changes the minimum damage by 1.
1: There are going to be certain damage tiers that, again, reward certain characters.
2: Not really, because everybody else is scaling at the same rate? I'm going to make this
1: thing right now. So you have a character that, let's just say 20% of your damage is critical. It's based on criticals. So you How move, do
2: you get... Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: So, so you move that tier up. That part of your damage is not increased. Because they have the same max. Correct.
2: So that part of your damage is not increased. Yes. But your damage is still increased. Overall. Yeah.
1: But because a certain amount of your damage has always been considered that that does, while not majorly penalize you, that is going to be...
2: It might not even be felt, but it'll be there. In most cases where that is true, I removed it from the equation.
1: Also, those characters are implicitly high damage dealers. Right. Yeah.
2: So if we look at average damage of 10, your options are a d10 plus a d8, Mm -hmm. a d12 plus a d6, or 4 die 4. The most fun of all those to roll is a d10 plus a d8. Its damage is 2 to 18, which is a wider spread than the 4d4, which is Mm -hmm. 4 to 16, And I feel like making the right decision of which of these to pick solves this problem.
3: That's got a nice hand feel to it.
2: Yeah. Max is testing it out right now. 12. D10 plus a D8 is okay. 4D4 is not. 4D4 sucks. 3d4 is the maximum amount of d4 i ever want to roll in my life at the same time which makes me very upset at the 15 d4 weapon <laughs>
3: where are you getting 15 d4 from you're burning from yeah. everybody
2: at the table it's nonsense can everyone stop and give me all their dice? the first time you roll a d20 i removed because it's the same as rolling 3d6
1: and 3d6 is better
2: yeah 3d6 is way better but a d20 is a better crit it's a give and take on each one of these i'm going to send you guys this list mm-hmm and I don't think you'll disagree with me on the choices per tier of which ones were picked, yeah, mm-hmm. for this purpose. But again, don't want to implement this right now. I, w- I want to focus on what we've got so far. This is something we can do retroactively.
1: And I, I think this is, the, I think this is the way to go, mm-hmm. and I think this is going to uh, really differentiate ourselves, especially from three five, which yeah. I felt the scale like the scaling of melee
2: versus magic in three mm-hmm. five after level ten is not oh fair at all. Pathfinder and 5th edition. The, the only thing that matters is if you're a caster or how many attacks happen per round. Yeah. That's how it's scaled. 4th edition had a better way of dealing with this, but even then, the jump between doing one weapon damage and two weapon damage is, major. is enormous. How do we fix that? We smooth it out. We don't give people additional actions on their turn because those of us who played 3-5 can remember playing with a druid who would wild shape into a wolverine, get five attacks per round with their pet wolverine, and they would both enrage, and their turn would take 30 minutes. It was a nightmare.
1: You don't even need to get there. I had a dual-wielding ranger who got to 12th level.
2: It's a pain in the it's ass. It's a
1: lot of attacks, and it, you don't get to just roll a bunch of dice because each one has their own pluses and minus based on what level of
2: dual wielding you were at and what number the attack was. Not All to right. mention that because of the way our armor system works is similar to DR. Mm-hmm. The more attacks you give somebody, the less effective those attacks are before even getting into the other solutions they've had where the attack yes. bonus goes down every attack. So I think this is a solution. we got to find out a clever way of implementing it so it's not so much homework. Feel good about that? Yes. yeah do you want to go over the biggest jumps
1: no because that's even not what I'm worried about now one I'm worried about the scaling of two-handed weapons they have an initial advantage let's talk
2: let's talk let's, we already talked about a let's
1: yeah let's talk about classes all right so let's compare Galen's helmet splitter mm-hmm. to my rogue star okay at a difference of one path now d- here's but a- the fact that she's using a much larger weapon to begin with
2: makes that interesting Mm-hmm. So, Rogue Star versus Helmet Splitter. So, you're yes. talking about a daily versus a scene. So, Rogue Star is what? 3D10? 3D10. What level of progression are you suggesting?
1: We're saying, let's just see how it scales with four. Four.
2: Rogue Star in four, st- four steps uh-huh. from now, well, I guess three steps from now for you, yeah. because you've gone up a step, uh, would be 2D12 plus a die 10. Okay. So, just two of the your 3D10 yeah. have turned to D12s.
1: So, Helmet Splitter currently for Galen is... Is a die 12. Yeah. Plus a die six. Two die 12. Three die 12. There might not be a, a well, situation think, for that. We so, might have so to rework weapon, a lot Weapon damage,
2: we don't say the tier, because we don't know what weapon they picked. Mm-hmm. So we start off with the base damage increases by that many steps for that weapon. Mm-hmm. We say what tier the weapon is. So if it's I, a die 12... I almost
1: think the power damage needs to change and not the weapon damage.
2: Let's finish our math here to make sure that this is true, okay? Uh-huh. So helmet splitters three weapon damage mm-hmm. her weapon is a d12 in four steps her weapon is 2d8 so that is 68 let's do some math so one does 3d12 mm-hmm. one does 3d10 starting off in four levels
3: i would say as a non-math guy getting new dice makes you feel happy yeah any sort of change as you go up it's a good thing
1: well and it doesn't seem like there'd be any point where you're going to need another like eventually in this you're going to need another set of dice like you're mm-hmm. going to need to have you're gonna to need to buy more than just a regular chess X set, yeah. eventually, in this system. But to do that, you're gonna be like level eight or like eight steps in, nine steps in. You've been yeah. playing the game a bit.
3: I just mean like if you're rolling a D six and then like, all right, now you get to roll a D eight. That change makes it feel more visceral. Yeah. That's more. No, I think there's a lot yeah. of
1: things here that are really nice, but I do think minimum and max damage will also have to be looked at and yeah. considered. One, because of armor, but two, also just like, if you have similar attacks and then just someone else does 10 more damage than you can possibly do, and you're like, we do the same average damage. You're like,
2: doesn't feel like that way in this moment. Liam has discovered a significant mathematical difference. Rogue Star, mm-hmm. in four steps, is going to increase from 16.5 average damage to 18.5 average damage. Solid. Which is a difference of 2 mm-hmm. Average. Helmet Splitter, with a D12 weapon that increases in damage, is going to increase from 19.5 on average to 27. Holy shit! A difference of 7.5. Golly! In four steps, it does 8.5 more. So we do have an issue there. But I don't think that's going to be that hard to get around either. Well, I think if three weapon damage is the maximum multiplier that you increase something by, I think the difference of 8.5 is okay... Because you can just assign greater damage to spells further down the steps. Yeah. Because if you have an ability that does five weapon damage, Mm -hmm. is that 5d12 equivalent? Well, no, because you just wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because weapon damage scales if you use the system. Hmm. So, okay. As a solution, I I think this has a lot of benefits, but it's got problems. None as egregious as the ones we discussed going into this. I
1: I don't think it's so much as problems, so much as we have abilities set up for
2: not this. Kind of. So helmet splitter right now is the most most egregious, and it will widen between that and Rogue Star. But we're we are accounting for literally zero of the extra splash damage that Rogue Star does. Yes. What what is it? It's a d6 to everybody around it. I think so. Okay, that's an extra. That's an extra two and a half damage on average to everybody surrounding the yes. rogue star.
1: But I do have to say there is a premium on single, greater single target damage. Currently, yes. The way, but it, I also think that needs to remain true.
2: Yes. Like I'm not saying that that's bad. So if we think that maybe triple weapon damage is the most you can deal until maybe 12th, because even then,
1: if it all scales with you, yeah, that's just gonna like if if we do do a hard cap on it, we just might not want to do any triple damage for the first four steps
2: yeah maybe well let's think about overwhelming strike yeah as our last example overwhelming strike for Galen a d12 plus a d6 yes. plus double strength which is two in her first case, yeah. but it could be as many as eight at character creation in four steps it's 2d8 plus a d6 plus a d4
1: yeah that skill's fine it's fine
2: so minimum four i think it's fine I think I think this is this is as good as a solution I've as I've seen for this problem, other than just doing the boring add a plus one,
1: yeah, which is okay, yeah, but it's not as visceral. This yeah. feels,
2: this feels a no, lot this has a lot, lot more me. legs. I mean, yeah. we're going to need to sand things. So I want to, I just want to test it because I'm sure the cracks in the system will appear yeah. very quickly once we start with it. But we're not going to start it with Liam's campaign.
1: Yeah. yeah, we might be looking back at other abilities and the way they scale and the way they have implicit bonuses in the way they can be enacted Mm -hmm. you might like let's take you down a notch yeah or remove this composure bonus or to change this way or scoundrels tripping
2: strike yeah never not viable i mean even if it never scaled in damage it would be phenomenal
1: i'm saying shadow of death
2: shadow of death yeah shadow of death is that's a good one to bring up so four steps from shadow of death right it does a d10 plus your composure
1: Solid. It's
2: okay. It, I, it, I, I was with, prepared to with, be upset about with,
1: it. With ignoring armor, that's
2: solid. It's really good. That's solid. Well, I mean, But it's would, not killer. Would you trade that for being four steps down champion and getting your D8 plus D6? No. Getting your 2D8 on your two-handed weapon? I don't know. I don't think so. so. But what I like about it is it encourages you still to multiclass at every stage. Yes. If we allow it to scale like this, at no point does going step one down any other path look like a hindrance yeah if, if you, you don't feel like it. you're slowing yourself down
1: or if you're just in a party and you're like man you know what we really need to do we need to flip more dudes on their backs yeah. so we, that's mainly what we, like that would that would be
2: awesome if we could do that i'm gonna do that now so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it there we've still got to get back into magic and all that other stuff but once i saw this problem i felt like we had to address it and uh let's let's let that uh let's let you guys argue with us about it on the patreon if, if, oh. if you want to hear about it this is the one where I really want you guys to bring it. Uh, yeah. If you think it's a terrible idea, we want to know why. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening. As, again, we mention the Patreon every time, but please check out our Patreon. We, we've we got some awesome cutting room floor clips coming to our $1 patrons and about to release another character sheet, which will probably be released by the time that you hear this. Uh, we just put it out another rule book, and I'm going to start updating those more frequently with minor rule changes and like just little updates as they go. And also for our $10 patrons, again... You get to create your own custom NPC for the game. And I have no idea who they're going to like and who they don't. So we've gotten some mileage out of them so far. They've been a lot of fun. So please, if you're interested in that, even just doing one month, we love to see what kind of characters you create. Arguing with us is free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but arguing with us is free. You can always go to our Patreon and comment on any episode. Those are always public. So so check us out at patreon.com slash RPGFS.
3: You find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RPGFS you can find us on
2: instagram at rpg from scratch one word and even if you're just a little try curious you can find us on twitter we are at homebrew hombres that's plural so thank you everybody and until next time stay safe stand watch and get a full rest